and cybersecurity experts Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Security Squawk Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Horning, with Exact Cybersecurity and IT. I also have with me my two regular co-hosts, Randy Bryan from Tech Rescue and Reginald Andre from Arc Solvers. What's up, guys? How are you doing today? Doing well. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Uh, we got a lot going on in terms of cyber breaches, though, that's for damn sure. Um, and again, no shortage of, as we talked about last week, no shortage of uh, of uh, articles and things to talk about. And it, it's more or less like, okay, what are we actually going to talk about? Because there's so much to talk about. And we find ourselves in that place again this week. And it's probably not going to change. Uh, as we talked about last week, you know, sometimes when we build this show out, it's hard for us to find topics to talk about, or at least it used to be. Um, and that's no longer the case. And it's all because cybercrime is at an all time high. And the reason we do this show is to educate you about what the heck is going on out there, what you can start doing to protect yourself. In exchange for that information and our entertainment, we just ask that you help us grow this show by doing one of a few things that share the show like comment or subscribe wherever you're watching us on social media. And if you happen to listen to us on a podcasting platform, please give us a, a review and let people know why it's a worthwhile podcast and why they should take their time to do so. Anything else you guys want to add to that uh, little spiel I do well, at the beginning? I, I mean, one of the ways that I always think about it is it's uh, it's free, but not free, like cheap, you know, like dollar store free. It's free, like free beer. You know, when someone buys you a beer, you know, it's a great it's a great thing. And there's a lot of um, excellent content in what we do. Um, and it's we offer it without charge, um, but it still have it still has tons of value. And we would really appreciate it if people would like, share, comment, um, just interact. Um, and we love to answer uh, questions on the air. So I know that we've got people that are already tuning in. So if you have your questions, uh, write them in the write them where you're watching and we'll see them on the screen and we'll try to discuss them on air. Yeah, we usually get to most of the comments that we see while we're recording live. If we don't happen to see it live or you're watching this when we're not live, you can always drop a comment and somebody from our team will be watching for those comments and uh, we'll try to answer it off peak hours. Um, so that's about it. So guys, there's a lot to jump into today. Um, in the next 30 minutes or so. And uh, a lot of them, the first area we're going to focus on is in healthcare because healthcare, you know, has been a very large topic for uh, us this year in 2023 is that sector has just been um, riled with, with cyber attacks um, and it just doesn't seem to end. And it it's interesting to me because, I cover this stuff in a lot of different places. Obviously, I have, we have the podcast here. I have my own YouTube channel. You guys do the same stuff on your social medias and your your YouTubes. And the, the interesting thing is a lot of the comments that I see are from the people or the patients or the customers of these, of these victims, of these businesses that are cyber attacked. 
And the interesting thing is like a lot, a lot this year is like people saying, and this, this happened a lot with something we're going to maybe touch on towards the end of the show, but that fidelity investment hack. Um, and then we also saw it with the advent health attack and, and a little bit with the capital health uh, attack that happened last week where people are kind of wondering why that we're, we're not hearing more about these things, right? Why, why isn't this on national media or why isn't this a bigger deal than what maybe the rest of the world is, is making it up to be. Now I look at that and Randy, we've talked about this before. Um, when you got two wars going on, it's hard to compete with, with airtime. Right. And I guess I want to bring it up because before we get into the nitty gritty of what happened over at this Hutchinson center, uh, cyber attack, because I'm bringing it up this way because what we're about to talk about impacts these people that I'm talking about, the patients, right? And why isn't there more awareness around this? Is it really, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time, Randy, and is it really that there's bigger fish to fry in the media or is there a more sinister situation going on here with cyber attacks? Are, are you trying to get the conspiracy theorist out of me? <laughs> I mean, if you want to take the bait, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of at, at a point now where I'm, you know, thinking that there has to be some level of suppressing this on, on national and mainstream media from the general public, because it's, it's, it's so widespread and the companies like the, the chances of your information remaining private at this point are slim to none, right? It's a major problem that companies are refusing to deal with. Um, and governments are not forcing businesses to really deal with this at a quick enough pace. And we kind of mm -hmm. knew this was going to happen two years ago. Mm -hmm. Like we've been saying for years on this show that it, we don't see how businesses are going to be able to keep up. Right. And they're not, they're just making the decision now to you know, like, we're seeing it now in decisions that are being made in boardrooms and in small businesses across the country that there are some businesses out there that are taking it seriously and doing the right thing. But I would have to say the majority of them are not. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing today. It, it, you know, I think ultimately it boils down to there could be something like you're saying. It could also be something along the lines of with news. News still boils down to money. It still boils down to what gets the most eyeballs on the articles. And because the, the eyeballs translate into ad revenue, which translates into money. And, you know, if you look at the fact that, you know, I think, what is it in the United States? Like 700,000 people die every year or some, some very large number. Maybe it's 70,000 people that die every year, but there's a very large number of people that die every year from cancer. And like that really doesn't really, quote unquote, make the news because it's out there and kind of everybody knows about it. And, you know, they write an article on it and no one goes and clicks on it. They don't really make, you know, any money. And I wonder if, if it's to that place where people are like, well, yeah, okay. I see another breach, you know, unless it's something that 
really hits home, which which are the ones that people know about? The gas pipeline, because their gas shot up really high, especially if they're on the East Coast, they couldn't even get gas for a few days. And then we all know the biggest one, the biggest one ever, if we all closed our eyes and wrote it down on a piece of paper, we'd all hold the same piece of paper, MGM. That's the one that we, we got the most response about because there's a lot of people that they go to Vegas or they're on the online stuff or they're interested in it or they're planning on going. So I don't know. I'm just wondering if maybe it boils down to um, fatigue doesn't get clicks and then that doesn't generate money. So they're not generating the content like they should be. That's my thought. Andre. Yeah, I doubled down. It's fatigue. Everybody's been talking about it. It's like, okay, another one that happened. Oh, well, you know, life moves on. It's interesting too, that I'm, I'm actually, we had a potential client a, a couple of weeks ago, reach out to us because they had a compromise. And um, when it, you know, we talked to them about how much it would be on the money side and how much time it's going to take. And, you know, they looked at the price and they're like, all right, let's just see if we can do this ourselves. And they just ignored the uh, situation. So I think it's a, uh, also, they just don't care. They don't care that employees information is going to be out there. Client information is going to be out there because at the end of the day, they're just trying to keep as much money in their uh, pocket book as they can. You know, I, I was reading an article the other day, or it was actually a LinkedIn post, and somebody was bringing up the idea that, you know, um, you know, just a just a thought, or the or was floating the idea that we really need to get to the crux of why uh, humans, or or yeah, why humans are tricked, right? And, and get to get to the bottom of that in order to solve this whole cybersecurity problem because most of the time it's it's humans getting tricked and you know I don't know if I necessarily agree with that full assessment maybe if you're just talking about security awareness training specifically I agree with that but there's a lot of other ways that companies can get hacked besides somebody clicking on something or somebody doing something that they shouldn't have been um, but at the end of the day, from a business perspective, business decision-making perspective, I see a lot of correlation between how certain human beings behave when it comes to cybersecurity and how certain human beings behave when it comes to their health. <clears throat> and what I mean is, is like, we know a lot of information today about how we can eat correctly do activity correctly at the right intervals and frequencies to make sure that our bodies maintain longevity and, and don't wear down quicker than they should. <clears throat> you know, and I look at, you know, a heart attack or a stroke or some, some other ailment that you might get that's catastrophic because you're not taking care of your health is no different than a cyber attack. They come on quick. You don't know when they're coming and they're devastating when they happen. Right. But you probably had a 25 year, 30, 40 year window to do something before you had that event. But you chose to do nothing because it wasn't evident in your face. And some people get through, you know, those things with just minor heart attacks. You know, they 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 have a brush with, you know, an, a health event that makes them kind of gives them that wake up call. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really where, where we're at with cybersecurity, right. Mm -hmm. It's, 
like, I don't really think I need to do anything because I don't really think I have a problem. And then you're either going to come close to and realize, oh, we, we probably should do something now. Or you're going to have an event and you're going to have to hope you get through it and you're okay on the other side. Or you're able to run your business the same way as before the event. And I, I really just don't see it any different anymore. Um, and I also look at the population of at least the United States and I say to myself, man, there's a hell of a lot more unhealthy people out there than healthy people. And that's exactly why I'm giving you this analogy, because you can basically apply the same lens over the business landscape when it comes to cybersecurity. And it's probably the same percentage of businesses that are actually healthy from a cybersecurity standpoint versus not. So if you look at every business versus a healthy person versus an overweight person or a fat person, you're going to have a hell of a lot more fat businesses out there who are running around thinking that they don't have a problem and they're, you know, one or two mouse clicks away from a major stroke or heart attack. And to continue with the analogy with yeah. the uh, with the let's just say the unhealthy person, yep. the unhealthy person will continue to drink the soda and do all the bad stuff because they know they have a pill they can just take and deal right. with it right. the time. Right. So, you know, it's either, you know, a pill to deal with it, or you got people who are all on this this new drug called Ozempic, right? And I see it all the time in our world where businesses are looking for that Ozempic drug that's going to, you know, prevent them from getting hacked or get ransomware. And it's just not how this stuff works. Um, it's not how you get healthy. It's not how you lead a healthy life. And it's not how you have a cyber resilient business by, you know, hoping some silver bullet comes along. So why we talk about this is because this is getting pretty deep, guys. Um, you know, our first kind of article that we pulled that we want to kind of dive into today is uh, this Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center. And this is a Seattle based cancer center. And uh, in November of 2023, they suffered a cyber attack resulting in uh, hundreds of patients receiving threatening emails. And this is what we've been warning and talking to people about. Oh, I, I can remember, I don't know, remember when I started saying it, but I remember all year I've been saying, like, these companies think that this data just ends up on the dark web and, and nothing ever happens with it. Right. And I was like, it's only a matter of time before they start to figure out how they're going to monetize this data. And here we go. And here's an example or an attempt. I'm not saying this is going to be successful, but this is what they're doing. They're trying to see if this is going to work. Right. And the breach involved unauthorized activity on the center's clinical network, which also houses some patient data from the University of Washington Medicine. And the affected servers were quarantined and the network was taken offline as a precaution. And approximately 300 patients reported receiving similar emails, which claimed that data of 800,000 patients, including sensitive personal and medical information, was compromised. The emails demanded payment in Bitcoin to prevent the sale of this data. Uh, Fred Hutch is unable to confirm the specifics of the compromised information or the total number of affected individuals. The ransom emails include samples of personal data for each recipient. One patient, Nick Quinlan, reported his name, address, and patient record number were disclosed, and he was asked to pay $50 in Bitcoin. So here we go. 
I mean, there was enough in those six lines that I read. Yeah. <laughs> to make me lose a, a gasket on this. Yes. One of them being Fred Hutch is unable to confirm the specifics of the compromised information or the total number of affected individuals. That that makes that gives me the heebie-jeebies knowing that they came online so so quick, yep. right? Like, you know, and I'm getting into the nitty gritty of incident response, but if you don't know this, how do you know what was actually compromised and what wasn't? And I wouldn't be surprised if this if this outfit got hit again. Well, it also makes me wonder: Have did they get hit and know about it, but keep it to themselves? and say, hey, we're just going to ride this out and hopefully nobody. I'm suspecting that's what happened. Correct. Because you don't normally hear the, we know it's a tactic of of the criminals to reach out to the people because they're going to do anything they can do to do psychological warfare, to get the big bucks from the big company. But you don't normally hear of them reaching out to the infected people directly. It could have been the data was just leaked on the dark web Somebody's like, hey, I can make 50 bucks a pop off of, you know, 800,000 people. I'll make me a millionaire. Or it could be that they're trying to get the company to acknowledge that they've actually been breached. That's what I'm concerned about, because I think there's some laws at stake that they've probably broken by by trying to just sweep it under the rug. That's what it sounds like. Wouldn't be surprised if they even uh, put a uh, HIPAA violation on them as well. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to know uh, for sure, and you know, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, accusing anybody of anything, but you know, this just sounds like a tactic to get the attention of the company who's seems to be ignoring the 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 criminal negotiators. You know, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I I don't know. Um, maybe they paid, and maybe. <clears throat> maybe they paid, maybe they didn't. We don't know, right? Um, but I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like the days of all this data being stolen are coming and and nothing and the and the sense or the feeling that nothing's being done with this stuff are coming to a swift end. Like this is the stuff we're gonna start seeing. Like, hey, we have your data, here it is. Um, now you're going to pay us 50 bucks or we're going to start selling this to other people on the dark web. Um, whether you believe that's really going to happen or not, I don't know, but you know, here we go, you know, they're going to set up call centers and they're just going to bang the phone and call these people and email them until they get a hold of them. And then they're going to scare the crap out of them until they pay. I was surprised they only asked for $50, but I guess. They're hoping, you know. Hey, they used to only ask for five hundred when they hit people with ransomware. Uh huh. <clears throat> right. You know, according to the article, approximately eight hundred patients compromised. So that's eight hundred thousand. Eight eight hundred thousand. Right. So you get fifty yeah. bucks from me. You get fifty bucks from from a uh, hundred thousand of those patients. You're doing all mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know what I mean. And but I, I more importantly, also though, you know, they are cancer patients, so that's like even the worst thing that can be happening to right. them now is like right. you know right. dealing with that now. So Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center, associate vice president for communications, advised patients not to pay the ransom and to report these emails to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center because that'll go far. 
Um, she emphasized that this is a common tactic used by criminals and that the center has notified local and federal law enforcement. And that's kind of crappy advice. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't expect anything less from a communications person um, because any cybersecurity person knows that the Internet Crime Complaint Center just gets inundated with you know, filings all day long. They have to sift through what's important, what's not. Quite frankly, these people who are being told that they have to pay $50 in Bitcoin are just going to become a, a statistic for the FBI and nothing else is going to happen out of it. Yeah, I'm kind of losing a gasket over here too, man. Uh, blowing a gasket, reading the rest of the article. And it's just, they're just saying all the wrong things, man. They're they're setting themselves up for yeah. for loss. So here's, here's, here's another uh, bit of advice from, from the Cancer Center. Uh, the patients are advised to delete the messages, block the sender, report the message as spam, and monitor their accounts and credit reports for signs of fraud or identity theft. They should report any suspicious activity to relevant authorities, including police and the Federal Trade Commission. So patients go for treatment through no fault of their own. Their identity was stolen because this company failed to do the right thing. Now their information is out there. They're being now extorted by cyber criminals. So now they're being stressed out on top of, you know, these are probably still active cancer patients that are dealing with cancer. And anybody who knows anything about cancer is like stress is the, you know, your enemy when you're trying to fight cancer. Um, now you're stressed out about this and your advice is here, you go do everything. You delete the message, you block the sender, you report the message. Oh, and you make sure you're monitoring your credit report for fraud. And by the way, if you detect anything, you need to go to the authorities and the Federal Trade Commission. Like, yeah, that's why Randy's getting ready to blow a gasket, because at what point does this organization step up and say, mm -hmm. we're going to help these people? I could see in a boardroom them unfortunately saying, what are they going to do? Leave us? They're going to go find another doctor, go find another place for treatment. They're going to still come back to us. So who cares? Who cares? I don't even know. I don't even, I mean, for me, I don't even consider like coming back as, an, as like a thing because they don't have to come back. Like the damage is done, right? These people are going to be harassed whether they come back or not. I was just thinking, I think this is just like a, a great example of the wrong way of how to treat people when they're when they're also a victim of your cyber attack. <clears throat> yeah. Yikes. Hackers appear to be based outside the U.S. The center has engaged federal law enforcement and a forensic security firm for investigation. The timeline for completing the investigation is unclear, but the center is working to complete it as soon as possible. And affected individuals will be contacted directly. So I don't know, guys. Uh, interesting one there. Uh, yeah, any further thoughts before we kind of move on to the the next great healthcare uh, breach of of the of the week? Um, I feel bad for these people. It really, really, mm -hmm. really sucks. I mean, I don't have uh, any sympathy for that cancer center. They really need to do a better job. 
All right, moving right along. No more, uh, no more comments. So then we also have what do what do we have here? Norton Healthcare. It's our 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 next one on the list here. So Kentucky Health Systems Norton Healthcare has confirmed that a ransomware attack in May exposed personal information belonging to patients, employees, and their dependents. Norton Healthcare serves adult and pediatric patients in more than forty clinics and hospitals across Greater St. Louis or Greater Louisville, sorry, uh, Southern Indiana, and the Commonwealth of Kentucky. They have over 20,000 employees. More than 1,750 of those are uh, employed medical providers and over 3,000 total providers on its medical staff. And Norton Healthcare is Louisville's second largest employer with more than 140 locations throughout Greater Louisville and Southern Indiana. Roughly 2.5 million individuals had their data exposed in the attack, according to the breach notification letters sent to those affected by the breach. Um, on May 9th, 2023, Norton Healthcare discovered it was experiencing a cybersecurity incident, later determined to be a ransomware attack. And Norton Healthcare notified federal law enforcement and immediately began working with a uh, respected forensic security provider to investigate and terminate the unauthorized access. Uh, other than all the craziness that went on with this, the information that was stolen included social security numbers, dates of birth, health and insurance information, medical identification numbers, and for some individuals, financial account numbers, driver's license, or government ID numbers, and digital signatures. Uh, the victims of the breach are being offered two years of free credit protection services. And while Norton Healthcare did not uh, specify the attackers, the ransomware gang Black Cat Alpha V claimed responsibility, stating they stole 4.7 terabytes of data and leaked files containing patient social security numbers and bank statements. Thoughts? Oh. Well, at least they gave them two years. Normally, it's one year of um, of some type of monitoring. But you know, we all know two years is, is never enough. It really should just be lifetime. That should just be the new rule. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the notification here, and so I'm on. I've pulled up so they have to notify the states, uh, different states, attorneys general, attorney generals, or, or I don't know how you say that, but. So I'm looking at the one from Maine over this specific incident. And it says the breach occurred between May 7th and May 9th. It was discovered on May 9th and then breached notification December 8th. So why, why are they waiting so long to notify? Did it take all this time to figure out what was actually breached and who was breached? Yep. Um, 100%. Okay, because it just seems kind of slow that we're that we're notifying the authorities all the way now in December from something that happened way back in May. Yeah, I mean that would be one hundred percent my guess is that that that's how long it took them, and you know, there's probably other things that go into it. My mind, Randy, like they may have wanted to wait, um, you know, simply because. They wanted to be able to provide the credit monitoring and, you know, all that stuff before making a public statement. Um, you know, maybe they were getting their ducks in a row, but I would say the majority of it was them trying to figure out what happened. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the letter they wrote, and they do say that they decided in the middle of November, um, basically, that it would be worthwhile to start notifying everybody, which I'm a little, okay, I'm a little, I know that this is from a law firm, but I'm still a little leery about the whole, by mid-November, we concluded, like, are they saying, I, I'm sorry, I'm being a little skeptical here, but are they, did it really happen November 10? You know, and they're calling that mid-November. Like, why do they say mid-November and not, you know, on November 15th, we decided to blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm still, I'm not a sway with your answer. Let's put it that way. That's them in June trying to figure out which month would be the best month to uh, put this out without people noticing as much. <laughs> yeah, or, maybe you know? so. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Andre's, always, Andre's always good at picking out the no. spin on a company on party <laughs> December 9th. Let's let's roll it out on the 10th, y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So here we go. Um, anything else we want to add to that one? That was a little, that was a little interesting and unfortunate. Um, well, go ahead. Yeah, just one quick thing. I mean, we're talking a lot of information. And don't let anybody tell you that this is not valuable information, because when you when you can take, which is another reason why I got concerned about the notification date of December, because if if they get a hold of bank statements, Social Security numbers, all that jazz, they can collate that. And the fact that you are a you know, you've done work with this hospital, they might not even they might even know what you did with them, like your surgery or whatever, or you're an employer or whatever, man, they can use that to write some very, very crafty emails that can be used to steal money from you. So don't let anybody downplay the information. The information they got a hold of is huge, valuable. Yeah, I agree 100%. So Andre, you good? Yep, I'm good. All right. So this last one here in our kind of like trio of uh medical attacks ransomware attacks we have this tri-city medical center in oceanside california and they're grappling with the aftermath of a ransomware attack that occurred in november as well uh despite restoring operations 17 days after the attack it's like some kind mm -hmm. of like a uh, feather in the cap there i guess the cyber extortion group um Inc. Ransom, that's a new one, announced on the dark web that they had stolen records from the center. This information includes prior authorization forms and financial records with some patient names and other details. The breach, however, did not necessarily extend to the hospital's electronic medical record system. This, the, this is similar to the 2021 Scripps Help incident where patient data was compromised without accessing the main medical records. Um, and that's that's kind of like a side note that I want to kind of talk about here in a second um, with with healthcare that we we see a lot um, and and we'll we'll talk about this in a second. Um, but moving our, forward about this attack on Tri City Medical Center, the ransomware group uh, Inc. Ransom announced that uh, it's in an attempt to pressure Tri City into paying a ransom, a tactic increasingly involving direct th threats to patients. Um, is something that they're doing. Cybersecurity um, uh, experts warn against responding to such threats as it doesn't guarantee data safety and often leads to further exploitation. We can talk about that in a second here too. Mm -hmm. Patients who have received care at Tri-City should monitor their health care uh, billing for any fraudulent activity, check their medical records for accuracy, 
and be vigilant about uh, credit card fraud. Freezing credit is recommended, especially for any minors, to prevent unauthorized use of information. Um, San Diego uh, <clears throat> Center for San Diego Center for or Cyber Cyber Center of Excellence. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Advises the public to practice digital hygiene. This includes enabling multi-factor authentication, updating software, being cautious of phishing schemes, using strong passwords with a password manager. All the stuff that we've been talking about for years on this show. Just to bring everybody to light, we got to wrap up with this article right here because I got to bounce. Um, just so you know. Um, thoughts, guys. First off, number one, I just want to mention um, the two things that were that I mentioned in this in this kind of article summary. Um, the one thing that they mentioned is uh, patient data being compromised without maintaining medical records, and I and I just want to kind of highlight this because we run into this a lot with medical uh, facilities and businesses that we talk to who feel like they have like a separate system for electronic electronic medical records. And that system, um, you know, is over here. We have other computers that we use to access our email and go on the internet. You know, our, our EMR, our EHR records are, you know, that these are systems over here. You know, we have two factor on them. We log into them, but to 100% of the time that we do audits on these businesses, we always find what's called data or PII or PHI leakage, mm -hmm. right? Where, like, Randy, you can't control if I send you my health records right now, right? Would you mm -hmm. agree with that statement? Right. Like if I emailed you my health records, you now have my health records. You have no control over the fact that I just emailed you my health records. But now you are in possession of my health information, which theoretically is protected information, right? So if you're a medical entity and somebody emails you that, you need to have some kind of process or mechanism for dealing with that situation. And leaving it in your email or leave, storing it on a local computer is usually where we see most businesses kind of get caught with a HIPAA violation or some other issue where this, these, this information is exposed outside of their, their EMR or their EHR system. Well, and what people don't realize if let's say you emailed it to me when I, let's just say I just get it and I'm going to make sure it all looks good. So I click on it, I open it and it's going to open up on my computer in some temp directory somewhere. I'm going to look at it and go, Oh, it looks good and close it. It's in my email but I've literally just downloaded it um, right by just reading it. Um, we did this one time we found it was one of the companies we found more, more PII data than we've ever seen anywhere else. And boy, when we brought it up, they got adamant. Oh my gosh, we never do that. We always close it right out. Well, it turns out it was all on their temp files. Um, every single PDF they had opened, driver's licenses, all that jazz was in their uh, was in their temp files and on on the machine. So yeah, I totally totally agree with you. You're everything you're saying is right on. Andre, anything you want to add? Yeah, just to wrap up, um, at the end of the article, I'll quote, it says, 
the bad guys start calling patients saying, hey, I see you had plastic surgery, you had a colonoscopy, you had heart surgery. If you don't want us to do something bad with your data, here's the, here's the phone number of the CEO of the hospital. Call him and tell him to pay the ransom. Yeah. Wow. Right. <laughs> Call him and tell him to pay the ransom, or uh, or we're or or we're going to start asking you for money. Uh-huh. Right. And it's easier said than done. And this is the annoying part for me, where this guy's like, you know, don't, you know, don't don't um, pay the ransom or, you know, don't respond to these emails or these threats, because if you do, they're usually just going to come at you more, which is 100% true. I mean, if you, if they think they have a victim or, you know, a fish on the end of the line, they're going to, they're going to keep coming at you until, you know, they get what they want, which is money. Um, But it's easier said than done to tell these people who are being harassed to ignore it. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're not the one being harassed. You just want it to go away or to stop. And, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I just feel like there's enough people out there that would pay the 50 bucks just to get rid of the problem. Not realizing that paying the 50 bucks is now going to make the person probably come at them for more money. But in their mind, they're going, oh, it's just 50 bucks and I get rid of this asshole. Well, how many people have that mentality, right? And then they realize after they pay the 50 bucks that now that the person's going to come at them for more money, right? But you got to live through it and live and learn to learn that these guys don't stop once they start extorting Mm -hmm. you. So this all sucks, man. This is all like, you know, terrible, but this is reality. Like this is what's going on in the world. It's finally come full circle on businesses that if you don't protect data, these cyber criminals are going to come after the patients and the people that they mm-hmm. stole the data from. And, mm-hmm. and you're seeing it. We gave you two examples today of two hospitals where this is happening in real time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this wasn't happening six months ago. Right. So this is a new twist. And, and as we say all the time, things have changed. Well, guess what? Things have changed. And the days of cyber criminals stealing your data off your company servers and not doing any with it are gone. It's it's whatever they can do to get money and whatever they need to do to get money. That's really what it boils down to. Or mic dropping. Come on, Andre, finish it out. <laughs> <laughs> you're muted. You can't mic drop. Oh, if you're no. muted. You can't Sorry, mic drop. If you're no. muted. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, and, you know, we didn't even get to finish all the articles. I mean, we are talking, okay, you don't have any health issues. All right, what if you went to your car dealership and you had an issue? Or even our water attacks, um, our water systems are being attacked still. So it's all over. It's not even It's not even this one industry that we covered today. No, we just got to this healthcare industry. We picked on the real estate industry when Fidelity got hit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pick on our government next week, I promise you, because these these uh, these attacks on these water and electrical systems are not stopping. Like they, they just started and and these hackers realize that they have something. It started with the Iranians, but now the Chinese realize that there's something that they can do now and they're starting to, to, to take heed. So we couldn't talk about that today because we ran out of time, but we'll certainly get into what the Chinese are doing to our water and power system in next week's show because we got two shows coming at you next week because of the Christmas holiday. So we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about all those kinds of things. So stay safe out there. Remember, share the show and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everyone.